What's up, everyone? This is Jason and John, and you're listening to the Jelly Cards Podcast. A few days ago, the MLB released the new Top 100 Prospect list. John and I thought this would be the perfect time to dedicate an episode strictly to baseball cards. Prospects in baseball could be some of the hottest buys because that market is surging. Prospects like Jackson Holiday, P. Crow Armstrong, and Jackson Chirillo have the potential to be stars, and their market is currently reflecting that. So please, sit back, relax, and let's roll that music. All right, welcome back to the Jelly Cards Podcast, where John and I are spreading the love of the hobby. This is episode 13, and can everybody please welcome back to the podcast, John. John, how are we doing this morning? I'm good. I'm like, uh, we should figure out a way to do some sort of edit where it starts cheering when you when you said welcome back, but I missed you, missed the podcast. I'm happy to be back, Less, slightly less stressed, but yeah, it's it's good to be back. And I do want to uh, just give a shout out to uh, Comics 98 and Pro Wrestling Kingpin uh, for taking their time out of their days to step in, help out with the podcast. You guys now are part of the Jelly Cards family. And to that, we say thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Uh, shout out to both you, Kingpin and Comics 98. I wish I could have been a part of those episodes. I even told Jason when I got here this morning that... For sure, the comics episode with Manny, the fact that uh, he's a huge Ninja Turtle fan. Did you tell him the whole story behind my brother's nickname? No. Okay, yeah. So I don't yeah. think I know that story. Okay, so my brother's nickname is Dude, and Manny, you'll appreciate this. When we were little kids, uh, my brother's name is Dimitri, and it was really tough for us to say that. So we grew up watching Ninja Turtles so much that we just started to call my brother Dimitri Dude. And it's actually stuck his whole life. My parents even call him Dude. And it's because when we were little kids, we grew up loving the turtles and still love the turtles. And so I wish I could have been on that episode to to kind of chime in on those comic talks and all that stuff. But thank you guys so much for stepping in and hanging out with this this clown over here, Jason. Yeah, I, actually, I didn't even know that, that story. I've been <laughs> yeah. calling him Dude... Ever since I've met you guys, and I never knew that's actually why he was called Dude. Yeah, man. Big Turtle fans. Hardcore. And pizza. We were we were very fat. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, before we get into the this uh, episode's topic, because um, we want to talk about the MLB dropping the new Top 100 list and go over the new rankings of these prospects, go over some of the stats, and then also... Um, go over their current card markets, but you are finally off your little mini hiatus of buying cards. So can you let all the listeners know how it's been so far since you are back to uh, looking on eBay and buying cards? Okay. Yeah. Thanks for outing me in front of everybody. So full disclosure, like Jason said, I... I've I was gone for two weeks because I I had my wedding uh, two weeks ago. I was I was getting married in Greece. I'm Greek. My wife is Greek, and we were getting married in Greece. And then I had my honeymoon. And so up until the wedding, I made like a small promise. This is getting kind of personal. I made a promise to my wife that I would not like spend too much money on cards, and I would try my best not to buy any cards. And now that we're back. Jason, you bastard. Back. Yeah, I, I texted the guys in the jelly chat, and this is a testament to how infected I am with uh, sports cards and just collecting in general disease. My eBay watch list went from maybe 10 to 12 cards that were obviously all by now, and now it's sitting at 327. <laughs> <laughs> I have 327 cards in my watch list, and I'm happy we're talking about this because... Because of this gosh damn episode, I, that list on my eBay is influenced by the new top 100 MLB prospects list, and I think that we're gonna dive into it and get into some uh, some little sleeper picks and just value that we 
see in some of these players. But yeah, thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks for outing me to everybody. Hey, that's what we're here for, man. <laughs> yeah. But to just go over, so for anybody who doesn't know, yeah, the MLB, they put out the new top 100 list. Uh, I'm going to just give you the top 10. And some of them were a little surprising to me, to be totally honest. Uh, so the new top 100 list for the MLB prospects. At number one, Jackson Holiday. I'm fine. Eh. I'm okay with it. But number two is Ellie, which I think Ellie should have been number one. Even though he's up, uh, up in the MLB right now, he's currently playing. I still think he should have been number one. And then you have at number three, which this one I don't agree with, is uh, Jackson Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> Jackson Cheerio. I don't agree with that. I'm a little surprised that they think he's that good to be number three, but to each their own, I guess. And number four is Marcelo Mayer, which, to be honest, I think since he's been drafted, I don't think he's fallen out of, what, the top 15 or even top 10. I think he's been top 10 since he got drafted, to be totally honest. I think you're right. So him being at number four is not surprising. Uh, Number five, you have James Wood. Uh, Number six, Jordan Lawler. Again, another guy since he's been drafted, same draft class as uh, Marcelo Mayer. He has not dropped out of, I think, either like the top 15 or something. So he sits at number six. Number seven is Evan Carter. Eight, Bobby Miller. At number nine, PCA, baby. Pete Crow Armstrong, which I think he should be higher. I think he probably should be top five, in my opinion. And then rounding it out at number 10 is Andrew Painter, which I know you are very big on. I think he's like 19, to be totally honest. I know he's 19. Actually, in the MLB, he's 19. Um, and I think he's he's got he's a potential, and I think he's already at like a he's like a 69 or a 70s, maybe even 71 or something in MLB the show. Which is like, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much that like relates to actual play, but it's pretty impressive. So just give me your thoughts real quick on this top 10 of the 100 list. And do you think it's accurate to where these prospects actually are? So first thing, I yeah, I'm, I'm a big Andrew Painter fan. I've said it so many times on this podcast and in the group chat, and I just get slaughtered for it. Pitchers in baseball especially prospects when it comes to sports cards, selling, collecting, all that stuff. They need a lot more love, and Andrew Painter is a really great pitcher. Bobby Miller's on the list, but he's already in the in the MLB. He's playing for the Dodgers. So just to touch on that briefly, I, I love that. I love that there are a couple pitchers inside the top ten. I am so happy that you brought up Jackson Churio because I was like – I kept preaching this until I was blue in the face when I was joining like um, uh, 2022 Bowman breaks, 2022 Bowman Chrome breaks, Jackson Churio cards and his autos, especially when the set first came out in 2022 Bowman regular, you could not get a Churio first auto. It was all just base Chrome, base paper and parallels. And I don't know why they do this sometimes, but for 2022 Bowman Chrome, his firsts were in that set as well, but they were auto only. So everyone and their friends and family who collects, they were just jumping on Jackson Churio and buying up his cards. And the prices for his cards were skyrocketing. And I kept telling you guys and telling like uh, my friend Ty on Instagram and other Bowman people that I was joining breaks with, I just didn't understand it. I To answer your like initial thought, it is because I think it's because he's so young and so talented that his tool grades are so high and he's one of the youngest players and uh, I think he's in A or double A. I think he's in double A now. I get that. He's extremely talented, but the stats for me were not adding up. And I was always preaching Ellie. I think Ellie's going to be a superstar. That's a that's a bold statement. I understand, but I wanted to get that out there because I might hate on Ellie a little bit later on this podcast. <laughs> I think Ellie's great. I think I know why you might hate on it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm cool with the top 10. Uh, I'm also happy you mentioned Mayer. Uh, everyone else who follows MLB and prospecting and the draft, it was, I'm pretty sure it was close to unanimous that everyone thought Marcelo was the best offensive and defensive player in that draft. I have no idea how he fell to Boston. They were like probably licking their lips, 
just waiting for him to, to drop. And I think he might even climb higher. Of the top 10, who I think will eventually become number one, I think it's Marcelo. I owe Jackson Holiday an apology because when we when we bought into Bowman Draft, even then his car prices were insane. And now, I'm hoping we'll touch on this, now that they put out this new top 100 and Jackson is number one, his prices are back to being kind of crazy. And when it first came out, 2022 Bowman Draft, where you can find his first Bowman I was skeptical. I was like, why in the world are people so crazy about this teenage kid who just got drafted by the Orioles? And to his credit, he is an incredible hitter. Yeah. He's like, they're moving him around. He started at short. I think he's going to third now. So shout out to Baltimore. And yeah, I'm I'm happy for Jackson. I owe him an apology because I did not expect this to happen. But in terms of Churio and the rest of the top 10, I don't know about Jackson Churio, but Jackson Holiday, I'm happy for. But what about you? What are your What are your thoughts on the top ten? I don't know if you looked past the top ten. Do you, or is there anyone that you thought of that might be a little bit higher or could have cracked the top ten in your opinion? I didn't really look too far outside of the um, out of the top ten, but I I did notice. Unfortunately, your boy Kevin Alcantara fell out of the top one hundred. Um, another big one was Elijah Green. Uh, anybody who was ripping 2022 Bowman draft knows that Elijah Green was another top um, prospect, top draft pick. So for him to fall, I think he's in the 80s now. I think he went from like 40-something to like 80-something, which is, I don't know if that's like necessarily like a bad thing or like if, you know, but if you're into Elijah Green, uh, his card market might start plummeting. So if he's supposed to be as good as everyone anticipated him being, he might be a good buy coming up, you know, maybe even the next year's offseason. I know my boy, uh, Kyle Manzardo, moved up, though. He's a uh, top 50 now, which is great. Um, his 2023 season, he started off really hot. He's kind of cooled off. I, I think he's batting maybe around like 260s or something like that, but... He's triple A. I can see him potentially coming up maybe after the all-star break, which is going to be big. You know, the Rays are obviously still, they're not playing the same way that they did at the beginning of the season, but I think they're, you know, they have like 55 wins or something like that. Obviously they're still the number one team in baseball right now. So, but I want to get into Jackson holiday because him taking over number one, was, like I said, it was a little surprising to me because I thought Ellie deserved to be number one. And when I saw that Jackson got it for being as young as he is, he's only in, I think he's in high A. I think, right? He's not double A, is he yet? I think think he did get promoted to double A, but he might be high A or double A. I think he's he's only high A because I have written down he started single A and then high A. But uh, so right now, for um, the 2023 minor league season for Jackson Holiday, he is batting a 325 on base percentage of 464. He's slugging 532, has an OPS of 996. He's got seven home runs, 47 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases. So that's between uh, single A and high A. If you look at his current market, it's booming. It's absolutely booming right now for Jackson Holiday. He uh his 2022 first Bowman Chrome refractor which is numbered out of 499 his auto in a PSA 9. So that why I um yeah, so high A. Yep, yeah, okay. So why I'm why I'm put down a PSA 9 is because we actually currently have that card. So we've been eyeing his market um, for that specific card. So right now, uh, uh, one recently sold for $543.88, which for a PSA 9 is very, very good. Now, back in April, April 2nd of this year, that same card sold for $462. So you're looking at a major, major increase in a matter of a couple months for his card market, obviously, which is being not only influenced by his gameplay, 
but also the hype that's surrounding him, which has now made him the number one prospect in baseball. If you look at his 2022 first Bowman Chrome in a PSA 10, just his regular Bowman Chrome, it's $111.50 was the last one that was sold. Back in April of 20, uh, back in April of 23rd, that card was $80. So again, you're seeing another increase in his price. And right now, currently on auction, his 2022 first Bowman Chrome Auto in a PSA 10. Uh, I looked at this yesterday. It's currently sitting at $910, has 36 bids, and I think there's less than four days left. He is in high A, and his first Bowman Chrome Auto is about to crack $1,000. Now, please keep this in mind because I am going to bring this up later on in the podcast because I already warned John. I am going to put him on the spot again. John just added another card to his watch list. <laughs> um, but yeah, keep that card price in mind because I, I'm going to relate that to another topic that I want to talk about. But give me your thoughts on Jackson Holiday and what you think about his current market because I'm assuming you probably have him written down somewhere. Yeah, so beautifully said on all of that. I'm happy that you brought up Holiday. Like I said before, I was not expecting this, and he has proven me wrong. I, I'm i happy that you brought up the changes in price because that was something that I I noticed that too. I wrote it down as well, and it's in my notes my notes too, I, like my mental notes because, yeah, like you said, it's, it's on my watch list on eBay. So <clears throat> good for Jackson, good for the Orioles in general. I, if you go through some of the Orioles' top prospects, man, they're just like, I don't know what, yeah, they're doing something really right in Baltimore. And so I'm happy we're talking about it because of the relation to sports cards and the market and selling and buying and collecting. So percentage wise, it's a huge jump for his freaking, his base Chrome in a 10, you just said is pushing a thousand dollars and he's in high A. And prior to this release of the top 100, I'm sure that card, I think I looked at it, it was like maybe 600, even less, 600, 700 bucks. But you are almost reaching double the price of that card months ago based on this new information that comes out halfway through the season. And I want everyone who's listening to this podcast, including us as Jelly, to kind of take this in as a huge research point because admittedly, I don't think we've ever, we've ever talked about that or thought about that. But if we start... In my opinion, I'm curious to know what you think too. I kind of want to start looking at prospects who are, we do this already, but even further down the top 100 MLB list during the first few months of the season and seeing if we can buy those cards based on their production. Like if some guy is sitting at 80 or 70, like Manzardo, and he's raking in the first few months of the season and the like, we know that this midway point release of the new top 100 is going to come out. I feel like we can kind of turn this into some sort of uh, business decision or business-minded thought to buy up those cards and think, hey, I'm almost certain that MLB is going to raise their ranking from 70 to 40, and we might be able to capitalize on that market. But with that comes the the whole thing we've talked about on the other episode the what if if we decide to sell jackson holiday right now when he's number one or we decide to sell cal manzardo right now when he's in the top 50 is that going to be more than you could get when they make their mlb debut and that's why i feel like it's this is where the addict john comes into play and this is why I love buying more than one copy of every card, because this is another example that we've talked about so many times on the podcast where you are going to have windows. You're going to have windows of opportunity to sell your cards, especially when it comes to baseball prospecting. And I never thought about it until recently, looking at this new top 100 list, that this is another window. And I just, I want your opinion on that too. And then we can kind of, I don't want to get hung up on Jackson Holiday, but I that's just where I'm at when I'm looking at this stuff. So I'm actually going to um, I'm gonna jump to another player, and it's perfect 
I, I love that you said that. Uh, asking about, well, now that he's top 100, he's number one, is that a good time to sell? Or should you still wait for his call-up? I'm going to give you Ellie De La Cruz's stats, and I'm going to give you his current card market, and it's going to answer your question that you just asked. So Ellie De La Cruz, everybody knows, he's like, I think like 19, 20 games into the season. He was a major call-up. Everybody was kind of pretty much anticipating his call-up because of what he was doing in the minor leagues. Since he's gotten called up, he's currently batting a 299. He's got an on-base percentage 357. He's slugging 532. OPS of 889. He's got three home runs. I wrote down 10 I wrote down these stats yesterday. He had he had an RBI yesterday. So he's got three home runs, 11 RBIs, eight stolen bases. Guys, he hit for the cycle already. It took him 15 games. No Reds player has hit for the cycle since uh, 89. It took him 15 games to hit for the cycle. He won five for six that day. So his current card market, which like Jackson Holiday, is on fire. I'm, guys, I'm telling you, if you have Ellie De La Cruz cards, you might want to sell. Okay? So his uh, we recently just sold our uh, Mega Box Refractor of him. It was a PSA 10, first Bowman Chrome. We sold that for uh, $202.50. Uh, that card, so that was back on June 20th. Uh, it's uh, on June 27th. They had two sales. One was for $240. The other one was $265. So a matter of seven days, that card increased up like $65, which means his market's hot. It's moving at a rapid rate on a daily basis. His uh, 2022 first Bowman Chrome refractor out of uh, 499 auto PSA 10, $2,374 for a refractor auto and a PSA 10. Back in May 7th of this year, that card was $1,136.11. And that's why I texted you guys. And I said, I'm like, ah, could you imagine if our Jackson Holiday refractor came back at 10 instead of a 9? We would have had a $2,000 plus card. And this is what I'm saying. I think it's still better to wait for call-up. Because just because, yes, Jackson Holiday moved to number one, or if Ellie you know, was, was hot and he was top five, top three, I still think you should wait because if you would have sold that card back on May 7th, yes, you still sold it for over $1,000, but if you would have waited for his call-up, you just now sold that card for double in a matter of a month. And then I also have written down his uh, 2022 first Bowman Chrome his uh, blue refractor, his mega box refractor out of 150 PSA 10. This is a non-auto sold for $1,350. So my, so did, did I answer your question about like, hey, should you wait or should you, should you list them right away when you see this new info or should you still wait to call up? I'm saying still wait to call up, but what do you think? Amazing points. Yeah, I had, I had almost every single number that you had written down i had that too i it sounds to me like we should do both which is what i'm saying we got to buy multiples of every yeah. car but i agree with you yeah i we've again this is a product of jelly cards research and probably everybody else who collects baseball cards research you know this too when it comes to prospecting the day they make their mlb debut you're going to see some pretty crazy numbers you're going to see numbers that you didn't think were going to happen and they do and when this is like uh, Ellie's kind of a rough example, a tough example, because it's similar to Julio. Ellie, even like his debut prices were high, very high. But when he goes and does stuff like this or any prospect comes to the MLB and they have a consecutive streak of inc crazy games and the guy hits for the cycle for the first time in 40 years or 30 something years, his, his market stays hot. And that's what we always kind of preach when it comes to um, like being cautious. You don't fall victim to my disease, which which is just hold on to cards until 
and hope they become multiple MVP winner Hall of Famers and they reach like five figures. Because nine times out of the ten, out of ten, when prospects come to the MLB, I think we've learned that they usually either kind of fizzle out or go hot a little bit and just kind of whatever. Ellie and Julio are the only examples now that I can think of where they come to the MLB and they stay hot and their market goes with them. But yeah, I'm, I'm going on like a mini tangent here, but I agree with you. I, I would have probably sold 90 out of 100 of the Ellie cards that I had at call up and maybe held on to 10 of them just in case something like this happens. And it did. But even both of those situations, in my opinion, are more profitable from a business standpoint than selling them when the new top 100 list comes out and they move up a few spots in the on the list. But yeah, that's that's just where I'm at. It's in the defense of people who are more cautious and want to be conservative. Even if you sold a few of them when the like. Like right now for Jackson Holiday, if you sold a few of your Jackson Holiday cards right now and you got $1,000 for a base Chrome 10 auto, by all means, I, what the heck, don't, yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Even if it's your only one, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. That's an amazing sale. But yeah, it's, that's just where I'm at. It's, I'm just happy that there are multiple windows and that's my biggest point. There's multiple chances for you to sell your card. To quote Jason, profit is profit. If you want, it, if you're happy with a thousand and you don't think that it will get to two thousand, by all means, take advantage. Sell those cards and then go add another hundred cards to your watch list and buy some more. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's a great topic, and I'm I'm super stoked with the with the new list and the the effects it has on the cards market. So give us give us some of yours though, because I know you have some written down. So I gave you two. Give me two. Okay, so. <clears throat> this is uh i'm kind of i'm shocked jason because now i wrote down like five and now i have to pick two because all of my players that i picked i went past the top 10 because this is where we've talked about it before i get nervous buying into like top 20 prospects like in terms of the buyer's market i would not be a jackson holiday ellie de la cruz buyer currently so that's why I try to kind of stretch past that and go deeper into the top 100. And I even wrote down a couple of guys outside the top 100 because I because of their market. When it comes to and and because I'm back to buying cards and I've just been looking at cards and baseball cards nonstop. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one only because I know you're a huge Rays fan. I was hoping you would bring him up, and I was just gonna like laugh and agree um, with you. Junior. Yep, Junior. So, in 2023 Bowman, this is like a little backstory. Obviously, everybody was chasing Drew Jones. Drew Jones this, Drew Jones that, Super Fractor Bounty, sell his red for 30K, who, who cares? Everybody wants Drew Jones. However, inside 2023 Bowman, there is a player in the Tampa Bay Rays minor league system whose name is Junior Caminero. He is 19 years old. He's turning 20, I think, in a few months or maybe a few weeks, but still. He's 19 years old and he is in double A. And I printed out his stats because he is current he jumped super high. Oh, he yeah. is he is 16th. 16th overall in the MLB top 100 he was prospect. He's one of the highest jumps. Yeah. 19 years old in double A. And I want to read these numbers to you, Jason, because I was hoping you'd bring it up and kind of compare things here. And he's been an A plus in double A. And this year, through 59 games, he has 15 home runs, 47 RBIs. He's he's struck out once per game, which is which is fine considering that almost every other MLB player and prospect strikes out oh, like two. Ellie's been striking out like left yeah, and right. Exactly. Average of 333, on base 388, slugging 610, OPS 999. 19 years old. In double A, total base is 141. So, Junior is my like first guy that I want to talk about because his card prices they are quote unquote high. But when you compare it to players like Ellie and Jackson, you could buy like two Junior PSA tens for the price of one Holiday PSA ten, or you could buy three Junior PSA tens for the price of one Holiday PSA ten. And so, I wrote this stuff down because. 
you just said that I think I think you did, but um, Ellie's base auto in a PSA 10, base auto, not numbered, not parallel, is selling for around thirteen hundred dollars. It's like twelve fifty to thirteen twenty or something like that. And recently, for Junior Caminero, on six twenty eight twenty three, a gold shimmer auto PSA 10, numbered out of fifty, sold for one thousand eight sixty. So for five hundred dollars more. You could be you could invest into a really high end first Bowman Auto gold out of fifty of Junior Caminero, who is comparable stat wise to Ellie De La Cruz, and he's in the top twenty of the MLB prospects. So he's my first pick. I even wrote down some other stuff. Um, check this one out. I don't. This might have been some sort of mistake, but um, the his refractor auto in a PSA ten. Uh, which was like a few days ago, sold for seven twenty-seven. I think a refractor auto, like you just said, in a PSA ten of Ellie is I don't know thousands of dollars. Yeah, it was over two thousand. Yeah, two thousand dollars. So you could have bought three Junior Caminero PSA ten refractor autos for the price of one Ellie, and you could have taken advantage of this whole like multiple windows of opportunity to sell. So he's my first pick. I I can't, I feel like I'm talking for way too long, but I I don't to kind of tie it all in i don't look at this market influx of like crazy prospects as a buying market but more so as a research market and then buy market if that makes sense i it's so easy to see ellie hit for the cycle and jump to ebay and buy up as many ellie cards as you possibly can but instead i choose we choose as jelly cards as a result of depressing learned lessons to realize that, yeah, it's it's a great time to sell. Don't fall victim to that bait of buying. Unless you truly believe that these guys are going to become Mike Trout, Shohei, Judge, whoever you want to think that's going to be an MVP. So I feel like I need to take a break before I go to the next guy. So elaborate on that. I don't, I'm, you knew I was going to bring up Junior when I said he was a Tampa Bay. So what what are your thoughts on looking outside the top 10? Well, my thing is, is you sometimes don't even have to look outside the top 10 to find these good deals. And uh, another player that I wrote down was Marcelo Mayer's market because we have invested in Marcelo Mayer. We do have graded uh, slabs of his. And here's the thing. He's number four on the list. His card market is nowhere near Jackson Holiday, Ellie De La Cruz, and Jackson Honey Nut Cheerios. And it's insane to me. It's insane to me that I I don't understand why Marcelo Mayer, who has been a top 10 prospect since he got drafted, is not selling the way everybody else is. And yet he's, I think he's in double A right now. And he's still not moving up in in the card market. So if you look at some of his, I'm not going to go into his stats. They're not, they're not stellar. But if you look at Jackson Cheerio, it's the same thing. He's not stellar, but for some reason, his card market's just unreal. If you want to invest in Marcelo Mayer, just a first Bowman Chrome of his, just a regular first Bowman Chrome PSA 10, it's 50 bucks. $50 for a first Bowman Chrome PSA 10 of, of Marcelo Mayer. When Ellie's over... I think some of Ellie's, like, first Bowman Chromes are selling, like, over 200. They're, like, 180. You have uh, Jackson Holiday. what I say. He was he was well over. He's, like, 130 or something like that. Yeah. Marcelo Mayer, number four ranked prospect, sitting at 50 bucks. Uh, he had a first Bowman Chrome auto in a PSA 10 sell for $551. Jackson Holiday sitting at 910 <laughs> with over three days left in an auction. And then a first Bowman Chrome Sapphire, so for in a PSA 10, 102. $102, that's it. If you want a player to invest in, in my personal opinion, and I think John would agree, look at Marcelo Mayer, look at what he's where he's been able to stay in the in the top 100 list, he is super affordable. 
And if this guy ends up going on a tear, like everyone's kind of, we're obviously, he's, he's at number four for a reason. They would not rank him number four, put him in top five, if they did not see the true potential. Granted, he's only batting like a 250 right now. He's got 12 home runs, eight stolen bases, his OPS 814. They're not stellar numbers, but clearly they see the potential that this kid has. If you want a sleeper investment, I think that's it's him right there. Just based on all the rest of the people who are in the top five. So if you can agree with that one. Because that one, I, I that's why I wanted to touch base on Jackson Holiday and Ellie. And then put Marcelo Mayer's market up there. Because there's a night and day difference between all three of those players. Damn. Uh, wonderfully said. I Kudos to you. Because I, I usually tend to avoid the top ten. Because I just figured that it's not worth the risk or like usually those markets are insane. But after hearing that, I'm like, I'm proud of you for bringing that up because I'm a big Marcelo Mayer advocate, just like everyone else was when the, when the draft was happening, no one really understood why no offense to Henry Davis. who's now in the MLB Davis went one. And then I think someone else went two and then Job went three and then Mayer was taken at four. I'm pretty sure. But I, like you just said, if his base Chrome is selling for 50 and you have examples of Holiday and uh, Ellie selling for 120 to 150. You're looking at a triple in your market. You're looking at a triple in your investment if you decide to buy up like five mayor first Bowmans. And that's amazing. That's that's awesome. That's like the little things that we try to preach. It's we got when we get to the end of this episode, I'm going to talk about some crazy Ellie prices. But yeah. I, I'm I'm a big mayor advocate. I think he's an amazing prospect. Uh, eyes in the MLB, like scouts and other members of the MLB, they all agree. And I think that's a good find because my next guy is, I have, so I, I'm just going to list my players just in case we don't get to touch on all of them. But I went outside the top 100, which is probably like a quote unquote bad idea to go outside the top 100. <clears throat> Excuse me. But my next guy that I want to talk about after I list them all is Tyler Black. So Tyler Black, he was also in 2021 Bowman draft. He is on the Brewers. Oh, come on. I know. Yeah, he's a Brewer, which sucks. Well, I was John, gonna John's a Brewer fan. Okay. I was gonna mention another Boston player. There's two on my list outside of Mayor. So listen. My list of players that I was gonna talk about. Fourteenth on the list of the MLB top one hundred, Colton Kowser. 16th, Junior Caminero. 25th, Adel Amador on Colorado. Anybody who's a Rockies fan, I'm putting this out there as like a, I told you so eventually. I think the Rockies are going to become kind of what's happening in Baltimore. I really, really do. And I, if you look at the Rockies prospect list, look at Amador, look at Warming Bernabeu, look at my sleeper pick in 23 Bowman, Jorge. Dion Jorge. Anyway, Amador is 25th on the MLB Top 100. Boston player, Sedan Rafaela. Amazing stats. Jason, I'm gonna, I want you to look up his stats when this podcast is over and everybody else out there. What position? Is he the catcher? Uh, I think... No, not catcher. I think he's currently like a... Oh, man, I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm pretty sure he's a shortstop slash outfielder. Anyway, look up his stats. He is... He's 22 years old, but he's an amazing prospect. And his, his card market is so affordable. And then another Boston player, double A is stacked. Rafael is in double A, and so is Chase Madroth, who is in 2022 Bowman draft. I think we have his refractor, just the base refractor, now an auto. Amazing prospect, outside the top 100. And then my last one was Tyler Black. So, Tyler Black, although he's a brewer... If you look at advanced stats, which is like I've said, where I'm back to looking at cards and I just I've fallen into so many rabbit holes. Tyler Black, advanced stats. He is he is kind of like Ellie esque. So in hold on, let me go to the, the numbers. He's currently in double A. But for this year in double A, he's played fifty eight games. He has ten home runs and forty stolen bases. 
58 games, 10 home runs, 40 stolen bases. How many games? 58 games. He's he's almost averaging a stolen base a game. So his average is 263, on base is 469, slugging is 480, OPS of 908. So if you look at the advanced stats, which is what Wait, we love to do. He's batting at 263, his on base is over four. Yeah. Wow. He gets on base and then he steals bases. Yeah. Where's, so. where's Brad Pitt when you need him? <laughs> yeah. And he hits home runs. He's got 10 homers and he's got 40 stolen bases yeah. in 58 games. If you ex- like extrapolate, I'm hoping that's the right word. If you extrapolate that to an MLB season, he's probably sitting at 100 stolen bases and 30 homers. So it, it's it's ridiculous, I understand. But I was looking at advanced stats and his bad bip, to quote Eric, his batting average of balls in play. Makes him like a top 10, top 12 prospect, and he's not inside the top 100. And I want to talk about players like that because that is what Jelly Cards preaches. That is what we do. We don't like investing $2,500 inside a, an LE PSA 10 auto when he's hot or a Jackson Holiday auto when he's number one. It's players like this that we kind of do the research and find. So just to reflect on his card market because, again, I'm talking way too long. I've obviously missed being on this podcast. <laughs> I very recently, so his base auto raw is selling for like twenty five to thirty dollars. You can buy a first Bowman auto of Tyler Black for twenty five to thirty dollars. It's just an auto base auto first can, Bowman. Can we buy like twenty? <laughs> yeah. What are it, we doing? It just sold on six twenty eight for twenty nine dollars bids. His Blue Wave auto. Raw blue wave numbered out of 150 for people who don't know. Sold yesterday, 628 2023 for $110. And this is how nuts, like somebody else out there is also noticing this. Three weeks ago, his blue wave auto sold for $31. On on June 8th, his blue wave auto, raw, granted, sold for $31. And a month ago, his refractor auto out of 4.99 in a PSA 10 on 5.22.23 sold for $65. 5.22.23 a month ago, we could have gotten a PSA 10 refractor auto for $65. And if if my gut is right and he cracks the top 100 and eventually makes his way to AAA and makes his way up to the MLB, you just said that Holiday who's like people are going to listen to this and hate on us because they're like, "Oh, these guys don't have the tools that Holiday and Ellie have." But Regardless, there's no way that that card will not jump at least 100, 200, 500%. If a refractor auto is sold for 65 bucks and this guy makes his way to the MLB, there's no doubt in my mind that card will sell for 300 at least, 400, maybe 500. So I'm just going to swing it over to you and then we can kind of bring it back because there's, I want to compare this, this last one. His gold refractor auto, gold is like, we got We kind of got to talk about that because gold has become the prime refractor that everybody wants in Bowman. If it's not red and it's not a super, everyone wants gold. Like no offense to orange, orange, orange shimmer, not a big interest. Everyone wants gold out of 50. True gold. Yeah, true, gold. Yep. true gold means it's not a shimmer. It's not like a, I don't know, choice, all that stuff. True gold refractor auto out of 50, PSA 10 on 6-18-2023 sold for $405. So I'm just, like I said, there's so many prospects on my list because I've, I'm back into looking at cards and I can't stop. It's pretty sad actually. So Tyler Black is my hidden prospect talent that I kind of want to invest in, but touch on that because I'm almost certain you agree. We, we've talked about buying and selling and true investments when it comes to sports cards and I think players like Tyler Black and other prospects that we do research on are good examples of cards you should be buying. So it's actually good. I like that you um, that you brought him up. And I think that is a phenomenal pick, a phenomenal find, especially because he's not in the top 100. So I'm going to ask you the question. We, we, can, uh, we can end on this. I know you want to touch on some LA cards, which I hope will kind of tie into what I'm about to ask you. But I told you I was already going to put you on the spot. I thought of this question, and I wasn't going to tell you because I want your initial reaction. Okay. <laughs> do you think? Do you think there is actually a correlation 
between a player's stats and their current card market? Do you actually think that how a player is performing currently during that season truly does have an effect on their card market? Or do you think a lot of it is just from what people are hearing in the media, what people like certain people are kind of hyping up in breaks and stuff when they're pulling these cards? And the reason why I thought about this is, I, and I'm going to move away from the, the prospects real quick, and I'm going to talk about some current MLB players. I was looking at Bobachet cards the other day, and uh, we have a Bobachet Topps Chrome uh, rookie PSA 10. Guys, let me read off Bobachet's numbers for this season, okay? He's batting a 323, on-base percentage 352. Slugging 513, OPS of 865, he has 14 home runs, 47 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, 109 hits. He is third in average right now in the MLB. Second in hits, he's first in at-bats. You want to know what his current card market is sitting at right now? His 2020 Topps Chrome rookie in a PSA 10, one recently just sold for $17.75. He is... Second in hits, third in average, first in at-bats for a winning ball club in Toronto. And you can buy his Topps Chrome rookie card for $17. 323 batting average, okay? His, uh, his 2016 first Bowman Chrome PSA 10, $58. A 2020 Topps Finest. Out of 250 rookie card, PSA 10, $86. His 2020 Tops Finest out of 50, true gold, uh, rookie card, PSA 10, $255. And then he had a uh, his uh, 2020 Tops Finest out of 50 auto rookie card, PSA 10, $465. Tell me why. Tell me why Boba Shett's one of the best hitters in the league right now, and you can buy his rookie card at $17. But Jackson Holiday, first Bowman Chrome, is over $100, but his 2016 first Bowman Chrome is $58. Boba Shett's proven. He's playing. He's playing right now, and people don't believe in it. But people are like, nah, I need, I need some... Jackson Cheerio right now, but I don't want to invest in Bobachet, who's third in average. I'm going to list another player because this one was the most shocking to me. And I'm assuming it's because he's not a home run hitter or anything like that. Guys, Luis Arias, okay? <laughs> we might witness a 400 hitter. A 400 hitter. When I wrote down these stats, he was batting 399. So his average, 399 on base percentage, 450. His slugging, 495. His OPS is a 945. He's got three home runs, 38 RBIs, 113 hits. So right now in the MLB, he's, lead, he's first in average, first in on base percentage, first in hits, third in OPS. His 2017 first Bowman Chrome Auto PSA 10 just sold for 610. Jackson Holiday has one currently listed at almost $1,000. But the guy who's about to bat 400, currently in the MLB, playing right now, sold for 610. And then his uh, 2019 Topps Chrome rookie card, PSA 10, $113.50. And let me flip the page here because I got one more. His uh, 2019, oh, it's a Topps Chrome update. That's where his rookie card is. 2019 Topps Chrome Update Auto uh, Rookie PSA 10, $406. 610 for his first Bowman Chrome Auto. Jackson Holiday and Ellie Dale Clues are blowing him out of the water. But yet, this guy's batting a 399. So, my question to you is, and we'll have to make this quick because uh, we got to wrap it up in a little bit, but. What are your thoughts on it? Do you truly believe a player's current stats and how they're performing actually relates to the card market? Because this is good for Tyler Black too, 
being that the numbers he's putting up, and he's not even a top 100 prospect. But no offense to Marcelo Mayer, batting 250, and he's sitting at number four. Dang. Hell of a delivery by Jason. <laughs> That's um, So it's really, really tough to answer. When it comes to John and Jelly, the buyers, the, the business mindset, players like Bo, players like Arias, that's the kind of stuff that I love personally collecting. I'm I, dang good good on you, Jason, for bringing up Bobashek because it's sad. It's super sad. It doesn't make sense to me. I was just looking it up while you were talking. His his purple PSA ten first Bowman Auto, a best offer accepted. It was listed at a thousand, so I'm assuming it sold for like eight hundred, eight hundred dollars for a Bobashek first Bowman purple auto in a PSA ten, and it just doesn't make sense. So refractor over two thousand. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, to kind of answer your question as quick as I possibly can, I like to hope that stats influence a player's market. But I do think that media coverage highlights, especially this is going to tie into uh, our hockey episode where J.K. was talking about it. If people start seeing what's hot and they just keep seeing these replays of Ellie hitting triples and they keep hearing that Jackson Holiday has the best hit tool we've ever seen, they keep hearing that Jackson Churio is 18, 19 years old and he's in double A and he's raking, they're going to pounce on that stuff. And us as jelly cards, me personally too, when we first started and when I first started getting into modern sports cards, I fell victim to that kind of stuff. And it just, we've talked about it prior. There's, it's just sometimes it doesn't make sense. And it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. And I hope you can agree with that. It's a good thing because it's like, that's what makes this hobby fun for me. It's what makes this hobby fun, in my opinion. But it's a bad thing because, like you said, it's kind of sad that Bo Bichette is having an amazing year, an amazing season. And so is Arias. Like you said, he. Yeah. He's pushing 400. I don't think people understand how difficult that is. I'm pretty sure Williams and Cobb might be the only two that have done it. Ted Williams and Ty Cobb. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they are. I think so. So no two players in MLB history have ever hit 400 on a season. I know Gwynn got close once. So it doesn't make sense to me. But uh, to answer your question, I think it's let's I'll go with like 30 to 40 percent stats. And then 60 to 70% hype potential, like we've touched on a billion times. It's always going to be hype and potential that influence the cards market. And yeah, that's that's where I'm at. It's All of this being said is all just kind of like a flood of information because it's a good thing if you're a seller. It could be a good thing if you're a buyer. We're not hating on anybody who's out there buying Ellie cards because like I said, these... One of the few people in my recent memory who has come to the MLB, his card part, his card market was hot, and it got hotter based on his performance. Mm-hmm. So, hey, right on. If you bought freaking LA cards, LA PSA 10s back when they were base chromes, like 60 bucks, 50 bucks, and you're flipping them for 120 to 150 right on. That's what, I, that's what I love to hear. And if you're buying them now, there's always going to be potential that it could go higher. But... Yeah, look what you did. You made me rant. You made me go on tangent. So I'm happy you brought those guys up. I was not expecting it, and it, I'm proud of you for doing it because that's what I've always preached when I, I even said it when we talked about our MLB Hall of Fame episode. Why? <laughs> I'm, I think I brought up that Trout Refractor. I think it was a Trout Bowman Rookie Refractor was selling for less than I think a Jordan Walker at the time. A Jordan Walker PSA 10 on his call-up auto was selling for a thousand dollars more than a mike trout psa 10 refractor it just doesn't make sense to me sometimes but that's what this hobby is that's what makes this hobby fun for me that's what makes this hobby exciting and makes you want to be a part of it and yeah sorry i went on another long tangent but it's i think 30 percent stats 30 to 40 stats and then 60 to 70 hype and media coverage but what are your thoughts on that to answer your own question before we have to wrap this up I mean, I, I sometimes think for certain players, it doesn't, it doesn't relate at all. You know, Bo Bichette was a hot rookie. He was a hot rookie coming in 2020, you know, same with uh, Luis Robert. I, I also think Luis Robert has a lot of potential that people forgot about. 
you know, his his first Bowman Chrome in a PSA 10, which used to be a $200 card, you could buy it at $30. I bought ours at $30. That was a $200 card, and I think people are starting to forget about the potential because if they don't do what Ellie's doing, the moment they come into the MLB, people just forget. Now, unfortunately for Boba Shett, Luis Robert, they came in on the COVID year, which could have been a reason why their markets dropped as much as they did because baseball just was different then. You played half a season. There was no fans. There, It was tough to kind of keep coverage of it and, and watch these players. And it wasn't a real season. You know, I always kind of put like an asterisk next to that season because I don't count it. What your stats were that year, they should just not even have counted it. Because it wasn't a real season. But uh, Wander Franco is another great example of a player whose card market has plummeted. Was once extremely high. You could buy his first Bowman Chromes right now for like 56 bucks. They used to be $200. He's still having a good year. I think he's batting like over 280. I mean, he's, he's high in the doubles. I think he's got 20 plus doubles already this season. You know, he's on the best team in baseball right now. And people forgot about him. People just aren't looking at it. And I think people are starting to get away from current MLB uh, players and they're strictly just looking at prospects. They're looking at potential and they're looking at what everybody else is looking at. But they're not doing what John's doing where he's looking outside that top 100, actually taking the time and doing the research. And that's why we, we preach all the time. Do your research. Find these diamonds in the rough like we named a previous episode. And that's who you should be looking at and investing in because if you're talking about wanting the most bang for your buck, like we've said before, you need to find these players that nobody else is really looking at, capitalizing on those markets, and then waiting and seeing what happens. Because if you're jumping in on a two, over $2,000 Ellie De La Cruz card, and God forbid he ends up plummeting, that's a lot of money you're missing out on. So if you uh, just want to give us your final thoughts on this episode, and I know you want to touch base on just some last-minute card prices of Ellie. Right on. Beautifully said. Yeah. So last and final thoughts. I'm super happy about this episode. I've I've agreed with everything that you've said so far, and I'm super happy you nailed that diamonds in the rough again. Really quick, another thought that popped in my head when you were talking about 2020. That was also the flood of cards that were being sent in for grading. So I I know someone's going to listen to this episode and think about that. Population reports on Boba Shett rookies are probably insanely high. Same with Luis Robert. But even so, like, I, yeah, I I agree with you, Jason. I, I love being in the prospect market for buying and selling. But collecting, I'm always collecting Hall of Fame players or basically players that I think are going to have successful MLB careers. And I'm, I'm proud of Bo, and I think Bo's a, a great player to invest in. So, final thoughts. I Just to touch on Ellie one more time. So, I made mention that Tyler Black's Gold Refractor Auto, out of 50 in a PSA 10 on 618.23, sold for $405. You talked about Jackson Holiday currently having a card on the market. There's a card, we're recording this episode on i think today's the 29th thursday yeah anyway there's a card currently on ebay ellie de la cruz out of 50 gold refractor auto psa 10 which still has like i don't know 12 hours it's gonna end tonight it's at fifteen thousand one hundred and fifty dollars fifteen thousand fifteen thousand one hundred and fifty dollars for an ellie de la cruz gold auto psa 10 all right let's buy it yeah, that's like, and then my final card. Yeah, I know. I got to go quick. My final card, 6-24-2023, just a few days ago, probably the day he broke this, they did the cycle. Ellie De La Cruz, red sapphire out of five auto, PSA 10, sold for $40,000. $40,000 for an Ellie De La Cruz, red sapphire auto, PSA 10. It was listed for sixty. I went to one thirty point dot com. Final sale price was forty thousand dollars. I just—it's kind of like the hockey episode. I want that 
seed planted in everybody's head who's listening to this podcast episode. The cards market is amazing. The cards market is fun. I'm back in as a buyer, so yeah. I'm like, I'm losing my mind over here. John was the $40,000 buyer. <laughs> yeah, surprise. I'm going to display it on our Jelly Instagram. Uh, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter on your thoughts on this stuff. Jelly Cards at J-E-L-I-C-A-R-D-S, Instagram and Twitter. Jelly underscore cards on TikTok. And always, all of this stuff is said in love. Jason and I are here to spread the love of this hobby. So thank you all so much for listening. As always, hope we have an amazing week and an amazing weekend. And keep spreading the love of this hobby. No matter what, investments are always your decision, and we support that. From your friends at Jelly Cards.